Hey there, I'm Anthony. And I'm Drew. This is the blank space. And we fill it in with something. Something. Something's a keyword. We're still <laughs> figuring this out. Mm-hmm. This is uh this is our 2.0 version of this this thing we do. Oh. 2.0? Some, some would say it's a second season. Others would say a better first season. <laughs> I like the idea of a better first season. I want to I want to I want to do like a beta run of this before we go into like full 2.0, like a, like a 1.1. Okay. This could be our uh well, I like twos, so let's do it like a 1.2. Okay. And like 1.1 will be like our abandoned episode or something like that. It was the one. It was the one episode. Okay, so you remember the one episode we did where we just hit the record button and all of a sudden both of our screens went out, like the power went out in New Jersey or something like that. Yeah, that was a fun day. It was awful. I remember because I remember just sitting there and being like, "Oh, what what are we gonna do?" And we had, like, the best tax tips. It was great. Yeah, yeah. I, I was going to put together my top five favorite hot sauces in the world. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a dead topic. We can never go back that, to yeah. it. We, yeah. We buried it, never. said last rites. Well, okay. No, not in that order. We said last rites. It died. We buried it. It just kind of sat there, so we figured it was dead. We left it out in the ditch. Wait, you didn't cover it? Oh, was that my job? And god well the crows got it now you had one job there's no crows out there they die too (laughs) didn't you see the dead crows when we were going out there oh yeah there was a buzzard a singular buzzard and he he kind of looks sickly i'm not gonna lie hmm they can take they can take most things i can but there's this is a death sentence of whatever it is out there Ugh, (laughs) trent Ugh. Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> how's it going, Ed? How's how's your week been? Well, um, I'm starting up at university, so that's cool. Ah, so I see your free time is gone now. It is non-existent. Ah, I don't know what sleep is. Again, just adult life is being perpetually tired. How's your life, Drew? Perpetually tired. <laughs> um, oh. it was good. It was all right. It's been all right lately. Um, I I had a very good day today because I rewatched one of my favorite documentaries, and you watched it for the first time. I did watch that, and I had a flow of ideas when I watched that. <laughs> all right, all right. Well, here, real quick before we get into any thoughts about it, I have a quick little okay. anecdote. Okay. So, I I. I watched this documentary a few months ago, and I, I recommended it a couple of times to Ant. But eventually, eventually, he he decided, you know what? Let's 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 do this. I, he got YouTube Red, which is on the service it's provided through, and watched it in full. Um, I decided it's been about a month, maybe month and a half since I watched it. Let me watch it again, just to kind of refresh myself. So I downloaded it to my phone and brought it into work. And at work, I kind of watched it on my lunch break. I started, I at least started it. Perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. Now, one one key thing about Ketty is that it is not in English. It is not in English. It is entirely in, what's the language? Turkic. Tur- Turkish? Yeah, Turkish. Turkish, okay. Um, it is not in an English language, so it has English subtitles with it. So for the mm-hmm. first five minutes of the movie, I was watching it with subtitles. And then for some reason it decided it didn't want subtitles anymore. Oh. So I was watching a lot of this from memory. But you know what's the funny thing about it? Is that this is actually a really interesting movie to rewatch if you already know what's happening without the subtitles. Okay. All right, that's interesting. I, I would have never thought of that. Well, follow, follow me on this. It's interesting because okay. you get to see the people's inflections. You get to see kind of how they're talking about it without focusing on the subtitles or what exactly they're saying. You know what they're saying, but you don't know what they're saying. If you get, if you catch my drift. I get you, I get you. You know what we should probably uh, qualify? What's that? What is Ketty? Ooh, good be- question. Be- good before, question. We, uh, before we go too deep into this today. All right, well, I'll tell you what. Let's get a definition from you. What, what is Ketty? 
Okay, I was tossing the ball, but I guess um, I'm catching it myself. All right. All right. Um, I, I mean, I'll do it. That's fine. No, no, I got this. I got this. It's me now. It's me now. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, I would say Ketty is the following of a bunch of cats around Istanbul. Yeah. Like, it's something you would never assume to be even remotely interesting. But it is. You follow these cats, the people that they interact with. Basically, hour and some minute segment and it's interesting it brings about a lot of ideas what do you how would you define it drew very similarly it is basically a bunch of short stories not not fictional like short interviews i guess is a better way of putting it with people about the wild feral cats of istanbul now wild and feral doesn't mean that they're violent or angry or any anything like when you think of like a wild animal it's just they are not owned by anyone mm-hmm. they are not they don't have collars they don't have like homes exactly to go back to they're just cats who roam the city and it is the story of the cat population of istanbul and kind yeah. of how the people interact with them and how they feel about it that's kind of the biggest thing is how they feel about all this because I, I know, at least in my experience, wild, wild cats around your neighborhood, not always a great thing. Yeah, I remember growing up, I was always told to stay away from uh, wild cats just because, you know, they could have rabies and stuff. They actually did address that in, in the movie itself. How, you know, people would be told, hey, stay away from those, those animals. You know, they could have rabies and stuff. But it seems to be like a different sort of uh, cat culture kind of got developed in Istanbul itself. Yeah, it's it's just sort of unique. It's the complete opposite. People are just people are just very open to the idea of having these cats around, having these cats kind of just interact in their lives without owning them. It's just simply, oh, he's here now. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. But tell you what, let's 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 talk specifics. Let's talk specifics about the movie. Okay. So, what what kind of was your opening impressions of the movie? Because the movie kind of starts, it, at least for me, started in a way that was kind of turnoffish, in a little in a little way. I, I guess I'll, qual- I'll qualify it with I I don't really like watching subtitled content. Subtitles for me are always weird because it's drawing attention away from the content itself to read something like instead of looking at the 95 percent of the screen that has things going on and people talking about different stuff i'm focused solely on those words at the bottom of the screen i guess i'm kind of used to just watching stuff with subtitles it doesn't really bother me for the most part yeah myself i'm fairly used to watching things in subtitles so um it's not something that i've ever had a concern Actually. Yeah, and, and I, I will say the movie absolutely won me over by the end. Well, not even by the end, by like okay. the 10 minute mark. Like, I, I started to really like it, but I, I want to throw this out there to anyone who might be thrown off by like starting out and being like, oh, the whole movie's in subtitle, like, I'm going to be doing this. It is absolutely not that. It is absolutely not that in any way, shape, or form. For me, I, I find it very interesting that you, you even have a hang up about that, to be honest. Do you just not watch a lot of foreign stuff? Um,. Not really. I, I I don't find it difficult to watch a movie in a foreign language because a well-made movie is a well-made movie. Okay. So that, I have a couple of movies that I would put in like my top 50, top 100 favorite movies that are not in English in any way. Like the original Old Boy. The original Old Boy I would put probably somewhere in my top 100. Okay. But And that movie is not in English. But that is still a fantastic movie that the subtitles do not stop, stop my enjoyment of it. it it's... It's just that hang-up of the logistics of watching a movie with subtitles. You have trouble watching the movie itself because you're just trying to keep up with what they're saying. I guess it does kind of make it a little hard to, to pick out the minute details and such sometimes. Yeah, and I freely admit this might just be a me thing, but I figured this was a nice point to bring up for Ketty because I I know there are people like me who look at a movie with subtitles and it's not the fact of like oh they're not speaking english it's the fact of like subtitles draw your attention away from it i just want to say to the people that this movie is certainly not going to that is not going to be a problem for this okay yeah so what did you like about this movie i like so much about this movie i actually (laughs) okay i 
I have tro I had trouble actually finding a lot of problems with it. Now it's it is a documentary, so yeah, it's not like it has a narrative structure or anything like that. So right, it's just there to tell the tell the the story and the theme that it has. Mm-hmm. So obviously, it, it it that theme it's going with that theme itself. I didn't have a lot of problems with it. Things I really liked. I loved all of the people that they interviewed. I think they mm-hmm. didn't have a bad interview in the entire bunch. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I felt all the people were unique, right? They all gave their own little perspective from different walks of life and all that, too. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there was the old men who were sitting at the, uh, what was it, like a cafe or something, talking about the the mama cat and, like, not the mama cat, the, like, the, the, the big burly bully cat and her husband yeah (laughs) who like just who just like just like whipped around by this by this like big bully big big Mm -hmm. girl bully cat and it's such a little funny story and you could see it with okay no 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 i will say my favorite thing in this entire movie is how they filmed the cats yeah yeah they kind of use like that whole cat angle throughout the entire movie yeah because you can the way they film cats absolutely puts a personality to these cats Mm -hmm. now obviously the cats probably have this personality about them but it's hard to film animals it's hard to actually get them to do what you want especially in a documentary about what they do so whenever they actually show these cats you can kind of see it in their expression how they move how they act how they look Mm -hmm. you can kind of see what people are talking about Oh, yeah. And the interesting thing is, is just how every person they seem to have interviewed in this in this documentary, all of them attach stories to these cats, personalities, and and it never says it's wrong. It never validates it either. Right. It's literally just following how these people, you know, live their lives and just how the cats interact with that with that life. That's what it's about. And following the little narratives these cats seem to go through. Yeah. I mean, you have. You have a whole bunch of stories. Like, the film opens in a really, really kind of nice way. I, I'm trying to find a better word than nice, but it really opens in a nice way, where the opening shot is a cat walking around Istanbul, just kind of going around doing its thing, begging for food, doing all mm-hmm. this thing. And then eventually it ends up at this shop where its kittens are. And its kittens come up and, like, cry for it, and, sh- and she brought her, like, a little piece of bread. And it's just adorable. And then the first interview happens, where the lady who owns that shop just talks about it. Just says, mm-hmm. like, oh, like, this is this is how it's been. This is how she acts. She leaves in the morning, she comes back later for her cats, and then goes back out to find more. That's mm-hmm. just how it is. And a nice thing it sets up with this, too, is just kind of how the mentality for a lot of people here is that having the cats keep staying as indoor cats kind of feels sort of wrong yeah that's just kind of how things seem to be kind of deal there's there's one shot in the movie that i really like that kind of spells out what they think about these cats in like one picture it's a picture it's a shot of a barrel of water and above it is a sign that says this is this water is for the cats and dogs of istanbul I'm paraphrasing. I don't remember the exact quote, mm-hmm. but it's something like this waters for the dogs and cats of Istanbul. You will um, have a worse second life if you um, if you dri- if you take this from them, kind of deal. Exactly. Yeah. You, your life, your ne- your life in the next life will not will be harmed by doing this, and that is like a perfect encapsulation of how these people see these wild animals see these animals who are not domesticated well mm-hmm. i won't say not domesticated because there's plenty of cats who are like love bugs for people but mm-hmm. they're not like, indoor cats they're not pets yeah but they're also not like full feral either right like they're, they're just not... kind of alongside of humans kind of deal yeah they're not against people in any way in fact the people and the cats just coexist mm-hmm. and it's so so nice to kind of see that the stories that they tell are so entertaining and so nice, even though they're all just tiny stories. They're just mm-hmm. like little tiny, like, oh, this cat just came along one day and started hunting mice for us. So we kept him around. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's, that is a whole interview. That is a whole story. But it's super intriguing. It's super interesting. Because you really feel like how each of these people 
It's just regular people. Yeah, absolutely. Like the the thing I love about this so much is the fact that I don't believe for a second any of these people are actors. That's for sure. They are not actors. But every once in a while, I don't know how many documentaries you've watched. But every once in a while, you find someone who they feel like they brought in for a specific purpose. Or Maybe like not an actor, that crazy they, guy. Yeah, they brought in. They're. Do, I don't know. Someone does a documentary about aliens, and they mm. bring on the alien guy. It's like you knew why you were bringing this guy in. This whole documentary genuinely feels like they stayed in Istanbul for I don't know, like five years, and just interviewed a ton of people. And this is like the highlight reel. Well, if I'm correct, I think this was the director's hometown. Nice. Yeah. Perfect. Then it. It just genuinely feels like he just interviewed a ton of people. Mm-hmm. And what we're seeing is, like, the accumulation of that. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think they originally had, like, 35 interviews that they did. Well, I think they screened 35 uh, cats, right? Hmm. They brought it down to somewhere around 17 or 18, right, of actual recording. And they oh, they left it down, I think it was to seven cats in total that they actually go through the entire movie. Hmm. Something like I, I don't lines. remember exactly. I feel like seven's a little low, but it does I feel. Get, low. I get your idea. Well, main cats. You know, they, they of course did little stories on little cats as well. It's just really interesting. I didn't think a documentary about cats in Istanbul would be like one of my favorite documentaries. <laughs> you're right. You're right. And I felt one cool little thing that definitely stood out to me here was just how pleasant it felt just to go through the entire movie and how it really showed like people in different cultures just doing things differently for instance when we think of pets usually in america we don't think of like your communal cat like sure there's maybe like the stray you see around sometimes right and they're usually pretty elusive but you don't think of like you know being able to go up to any cat you know being able to pet them or you know kind of deal and that's the kind of mentality they have there right yeah, but I think of pets, I think of like, oh, I own a cat, so I can pet it, I can I can feed it, I can love it. Yeah. But if I find a cat outside who I've never seen before, that is that is a thing to worry about. Uh-huh. Maybe a thing to worry about, or maybe it's just like a pest, or, you know, you call animal control, or, you know, something along those lines, where it's just the norm in Istanbul. There's just communal pets, Right. Like, you know, everybody takes care of them a little bit. Right. I think the one shopkeeper said like a bunch of the like uh, the businesses had like an open veterinarian tab or something like that, just because they just take care of the wildcats, you know? Yeah. Eventually, like somebody pays it off little by little, but it's a community thing. Like everybody mm-hmm. gets it. If if I decided to take a bunch of feral cats to my local vet, they would never just be like, oh, yeah, just pay us back when you can and on top of that, they would be like, so you're taking these home, right? Like, these are yours now. It, it, it It's a weird idea of ownership with it here in the States, because it feels like if you are taking care of an animal, it is yours. It is yours to kind of be responsible for. Where in Istanbul, it feels, it, at least according to this documentary, I don't want to make this documentary seem like it is a one-to-one, entirely truthful view of Istanbul. Yeah, yeah, that that's that's super fair to say because like it, it's really only a view of Istanbul itself, right? Where we're comparing um, from where we've lived in the United States, and you know maybe a few stories from people that live in other parts of the United States. So yeah. it's a little, it is a little unfair to compare, but I still yeah. feel like the comparison itself is interesting. Absolutely, absolutely, because it's something I've never seen. It's something I've never seen just a community taking care of these cats and these cats in a way, taking care of the people. Mm-hmm. Because not only does everyone feed and, like, shelter the cats if they need them, give them medicine and all that, the cats give back, like, love, affection. Mm-hmm. In some cases, helping people deal with death. Like, it's... Yeah, kind of like the therapeutic idea that they kind of bring about sometimes. Like, I think it was the one guy that he's, he had, like, a, he had a psychotic break or at one point or something, right? I oh, forget yeah. exactly what it was. But after he started taking care of, like, some of the community cats, you know, he was able to find peace with himself and, you know, be able to have that stuff under control. And that's it seems to be, like, for a few people that they interviewed, right, that them being able to help out these, you know, taking care of kittens, you know, that, you know, their mama's no longer there for them, right? 
you sometimes see like a stray cat that takes up a bunch of kittens that aren't theirs, right? You know, just like how there's this idea of just helping, helping something that, you know, may need help or, you know, can't take care of itself or, you know, and it kind of giving back to you in return at some point. Not necessarily like in a monetary sense, but, you know, sometimes in a spiritual sense or well-being kind of deal. Yeah, because I, I think I think that's a great reason why anyone owns a pet. Mm-hmm. It's not just, oh, damn, I really want something that I could spend money on. Oh, if, I, if only I had something that consumed my time and money. But they, they want a companion. They want some something to kind of give affection to and have affection given back to them. And that's why I see like something like the guy who had a nervous breakdown and just went to go feed these cats as like a great like therapeutic coping mechanism because it feel it feels like this guy found an outlet for what he was feeling. Now, that's not to say that they they didn't interview people that didn't seem like they had a healthy view of things though. Right. There's definitely one lady that they had in there that um it looked like she was dealing with things very unhealthily. Yeah, and, and I guess that's the hard part about this is that the whole documentary shows this in a very nice light of like, look at these people. They're all taking care of these cats. But there well, was. You the... know what? I would not say a nice light. I would say it just gave a platform for people to speak and showed cats. <laughs> I, I would yeah. say. It... I would say the documentary itself, the only voice it has is with, with the shots it takes, because there's no narrator for this. No, 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 no. It's all the people that they interview. Mm-hmm. Now... But yeah, back back to that lady. Yeah, I... Well, the lady and the guy, because both of them are dealing with their problems in a, in a certain way, which is okay. fine. Like, people, people cope in different ways for different kinds of grief. But some some ways can hurt a community or hurt themselves or hurt the animals that they that they mm-hmm. take care of. Like for example, the woman we keep mentioning. She is the woman who, well, what was it? Her husband died, or her yeah, son something died? like her husband died or something. And she had like thirty cats she was taking care of. Which right, she, at that she point, a... that's an unhealthy point. Yeah, she found she found solace in taking care of these cats. And the way she does it is she makes, God, what was it, like 10 pounds of food, like 100 mm-hmm. pounds of food, some ridiculous amount of food every day, and like fresh chicken. Mm-hmm. Like, not like, some, not like oh, I picked up a bag of kibbles. Like, she ma- buys fresh chicken, cuts it up, and serves it to, to all of these cats. And I can imagine that's just putting a hole in her pocket so far, so financially already off the bat that's that's a problem yeah and i can't imagine that being too good for the community around them either yeah exactly because the problem i saw was that they that she was fostering a a giant cat community there which was bringing a large amount of cats around her and possibly like really kind of hurting the neighbors because all of a sudden there's hundreds if not thousands of cats just outside just out and about in the neighborhood it's a similar problem that we have in the states like it we had this in our neighborhood somebody was taking care of some some wild cats in the neighborhood they they bred they gave birth and then all of a sudden we have a wild cat colony and i mean it's gr- it's great to have taken care of the cats but it causes a problem for everyone around them but i mean this is just us assuming on that though because it's Right. All, yeah. all he really did is just show that this is what this lady does. Showed a few of the cats that she takes care of, and you know that kind of thing, right? Yeah, Maybe. I guess that's true. You, 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 you don't want to assume that like they left out something, like the neighbors were screaming next door or something like that. You don't want to imagine they left that out. They seem to, fu- they seem to cover everything in its entirety, almost. Well, I would say that they actually shied away from any negative stuff, to be honest. Like, they say it existed, right? Like, there were people that, that thought of these cats as a nuisance and, you know, stuff like that. I would say if there, there was one fault with the documentary, it really didn't It didn't go after people that thought of the cats as, as a nuisance. Because there are definitely people that were, and they said that within the documentary itself. We actually never heard of their voices. It would be like, uh, like for the one that was saying, like, yeah. oh, this cat always steals from, like, the fish, the fish merchants or something like that, right? Yeah. I I guess I wouldn't I I can see that entirely that they maybe shied away from that but I think it was a I think it was a 
intentional choice. Not for the reason of like, oh man, we don't want to downer. We don't want to bring this down. We, I think it was just that there's only so much you can say negatively about this situation. Oh, damn cat's stealing my fish. Yeah. It sucks. Right. Or, oh no, there's cats outside. That sucks. I have trouble getting out yeah, my door. Yeah, I got you, I got you. It felt like a documentary that was a lot more focused on the stories you could mm-hmm. tell about these cats versus whether it was a good or a bad yeah. thing. Yeah, that's that's super fair. That's super fair. Because it never really tries to tie you in either way there. Yeah, there's only one moment that I felt like it got a little close to preachy, which was the part like, oh, the big corporations are just tearing up the land and like ruining the cat sanctuaries for us and ruining small businesses. It's like, all right, okay, I see what you're getting at here. But then again, that... But that's the only time I can think of that I got really close to like a... a yeah, but then again, message. that was just somebody's personal story, you know? That was somebody's personal story of what they were dealing that with true. and, you know, how they felt about the cats. And, you know, that was still somebody's personal story in itself. So it's not like it was an intentional thing to be preachy or anything like that. Yeah, it was just interviewing a guy and that's how he felt about mm-hmm. it. So that, that makes perfect sense. Yeah, absolutely. What's, um, what are some of, I, I, I didn't get a chance to ask you this. What are some of your mm. favorite moments? in Ketty. Mine was actually the guy that kind of he kind of got solace out of taking care of the kittens by the the shoreline and all. Are you talking about the guy who walked around with a bag of food or the guy who was taking care of them? Uh, The guy that was walking around with the food kind of deal. And how he, I I think I believe it was him that was telling like, you know, how they have cats from all over their Europe basically in Istanbul. Because of all the how they would go on trade ships and stuff like that, and you know how the, you, that's why you have such a diversity of cats in Istanbul itself, right? Like have you have the the huge Norwegian cats or whatever, and you know you get the Russian blues and all that kind of stuff, right? And it's just kind of interesting, yeah, you know, they were able to include something like that, you know, like why are there why is there such a diverse you know amount of cats around the area kind of deal instead of just like one set type, you know? And again, it was it was lending itself to a, a wide variety, a wide tapestry of stories. Because that story, on top of every other one, are vastly different. There's a wide variety of stories themselves, ranging from personal stories with the cats to that kind of story, where it's just historical. And the thing is, the guy was a fisherman, right? So, you know, he would occasionally have, like, cats on his ship, too, you know? And... It's just interesting how, like, each of these stories interweaves with each other to just yeah. build this bigger narrative of just, you know, what are the cats of Istanbul? Let me ask you a question. Sure. Would you go to Istanbul to try and experience this? Like, the cats themselves? Right. Like, I like I could ask you, would you want to go to Istanbul for multiple reasons? But if if I offered you a trip to Istanbul to just experience basically what they experienced like go go around the town look for cats see what was up i feel like would you would you try and go for it i feel like that would be an interesting to do right i I feel like that's something i would actually do Hmm. just because like they have such a unique identity there i mean given current you know political situations uh, it's uh might be difficult yeah it's uh it's not as good anymore yeah there's that's why that's why I was saying specifically like just for the cats <laughs> cuz there's probably a lot of reasons why it might not go well. Yeah, yeah. But... I mean like if I was not cons- concerning like political things, yeah, it'd be a great thing to do while visiting like a bunch of the sites cuz apparently like a bunch of like um their historic sites like the uh, Sophia, Hagia Sophia, I believe it's called, right? Mm-hmm. The big church yes. in Istanbul actually has its own set cat there. Oh, that's neat. Yeah, it's something else they ended up uh, mentioning. Um, I think they mentioned in the documentary. I forget. This could have been in one of the, the things I was reading afterwards. I forget, to be honest. Um, but apparently, like, a bunch of landmarks have, like, their own, like, set cat that patrols the grounds or whatever. And, you know, it's kind of interesting that they even have that sort of thing. Yeah, absolutely. It's 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 interesting. I I don't know if I would, because I feel like with the way the documentary was made... It was more small happen chances of happening to have some of those things kind of go on. I don't know if I would have the same luck seeing that kind of stuff, but certainly I certainly I would attempt it. So here's the thing, right? This is something I would try on the side, 
not something I would do like straight up. Right. Yeah. Like, like I could see that entirely. Like you could go and be like, Oh, I'm going to sightsee and do all this stuff. And then on the side, like just visit cats, go see cats. Yeah. Yeah. It wouldn't be like the thing I go out there to do. It'd be like, Oh, okay. On the way. Yeah. This is something that can be done. You know, it's actually a funny thing. I didn't even think of until we were just talking about going to Istanbul. I actually had an experience kind of like this. Oh. So, have you ever been to Longwood Gardens? Yeah, I've been to Longwood Gardens. Did you know that they actually have cats on the premises to take care of the rodent population? Like, cats that are free to go. Huh, I didn't know that, actually. Yeah, there's actually cats that are a part of Longwood. Like, they're not like wild cats that leave the garden and come back. They are a part of Longwood Gardens, and they let them run the park and actually take care of the rodent population that that exists there i had an interesting experience one time where i went and around where the uh cafeteria is like where where you can pick up food there was a cat just hanging out right outside the door like this super fluffy like kind of regular sized cat just chilling on the ground right next to this door just kind of sitting there oh yeah i get what you mean i know certain places um actually just have like wild cats just uh walking around kind of deal was it one, yeah, that one I... comic store that we've seen has, like, a bunch of cats in it, right? Oh, yeah, 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 that's true. <laughs> I mean, like, stuff like this yeah. does exist in other places, but, like, you know, it's more of, like, this is their thing kind of deal. Like, yeah, I've, exactly. I've seen this in other places, in places I've been to in the U.S. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, it was super interesting because the cat also just let me go down and kind of pet it and just kind of hang out with it down on the ground for a little bit. Mm-hmm. It was adorable. Um, they're super friendly to people. I feel like that was kind of a... I, uh, well, okay, here I am comparing my experience going to Longwood Gardens and petting a cat to the documentary Kitty, but it felt it felt kind of similar in a way. Uh, Longwood Gardens is like a botanical garden. I just thought we'd uh, throw that out there for those that don't know. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 a, a large gar- it's a large garden of all kinds of flowers and fountains and all kinds of stuff. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I I thought that was a really cool experience on my end. So. I could see entirely why this would be really, really cool to kind of be around and be a part of. It kind of makes you wonder if, like, this is, like, something that happens in, like, a bunch of other cities, like, and you just don't know about it. I could see it. I could see it on, well, no, no, no. I could see it on a much smaller scale. Yeah, 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 yeah. Istanbul, I feel like, is probably a very specific situation. Like, they, like the culture has made it this way. Mm-hmm. But I could see, like, um, like, a small Midwestern town kind of having a cat just roaming a store or like or just kind of hanging out around town not really owned by anyone just kind of like like hangs out around there it's the known stray kind of deal that's kind of friendly or whatever or you know that kind of deal yeah i feel like this i feel like this isn't exclusive the only thing exclusive about about ketty in particular is is that there's a movie about it (laughs) well yeah that too i'd be super interested to see if other documentaries like this like where wild animals kind of intermingle with people on a regular basis. It does kind of make you wonder if like the, the if the uh, dog population is a little similar because you know that one scene they had with like you know the cats and dogs. You know how you're saying about the water barrel and all that stuff, right? Yeah, because I I got the feeling from the documentary that the dog population had a similar story. Like people just accepted them and people had them around. Yeah, it just doesn't seem like they talked about it at all. Like, that that should be, like, a separate kind of deal. Like, it exists, but they didn't cover it. It felt like there was more of a focus on the cats. Maybe because I've I've always seen wild dogs to be scarier than wild cats. Maybe maybe it's harder to... I, I'm completely spitballing here. I mean, let's be honest. We don't really have wild dogs. What do you mean? I mean, animal control is usually very on top of that kind of thing. Not like here in Jersey, but I mean, certainly elsewhere in the world. Well, yeah, of course, elsewhere in the certainly world. Certainly elsewhere but... in the U.S., honestly. I'm, I'm just saying, at least from our area, like, that's not really something we even think about. Yeah, yeah, wild dogs aren't really a problem around here. So, somebody owns it, or if somebody doesn't own it, it gets usually taken usually care comes of by, it. like, you know, animal organization or whatever pretty quickly. Yeah, exactly. It could also just be the areas we're in. Yeah. Maybe I mean, maybe elsewhere there's a bigger problem with it or something. Yeah, we, we are we are in a pretty metropolitan area. I mean, New Jersey is not farm towns. <laughs> yeah, but I imagine maybe in the Pine Barrings. 
maybe in a forest mm-hmm. there's an easier an easier life for them to live yeah i know for cat populations they sometimes get out of control and uh what is it i, ha- I had a friend from alabama or something like that and he said that uh, he was actually required to actually shoot a bunch of cats because you know they were just a complete Ooh. nuisance i understand but man that's rough yeah I mean, I, I know every cat lover just, like, cringed right there, like, how dare they kind of deal, but, like, in some places, they're just a genuine nuisance. Yeah, it's it's certainly something that has to be done, but it's a necessary evil. Yeah, kind of deal. Because they're, yeah. they're, they're feral cats, where at least where my friend was at, right? It's not like you can just, like, take them in and have them as pets. No, they were genuinely feral cats, kind of deal. Yeah, they're, they were... Again, firmly against people they were not going to intermingle with people very easily Mm -hmm. but yeah it's just kind of interesting how this ended up now one thing i'm actually kind of interested in right is this you released on youtube red right Mm -hmm. do you feel like this was the this was the good release platform for it hmm ask me again it was do you think that this is like a good platform for it yeah or is it yeah like, do you think, like, it should have gone with somebody else? Like, do you think they should have tried to par- partner up with, like, National Geographic or, you know, or, like, this was, like, a good thing for them to go for? I think this documentary could have been with any major streaming or video platform. Like, this could have been easily a Netflix documentary, and I, and I wouldn't have seen any problems with it. There's nothing specific about it that said, I want to really watch this on YouTube. Um, how do you feel about it? That's kind of how I feel. Like, it doesn't really matter where it would have released from. I just kind of find it interesting that it's kind of like a YouTube Red exclusive, you know? Now, I now I will qualify what I said with, I'm happy it's there. Because it makes it so that the platform itself is more appealing. Mm-hmm. I've always said that like when a video streaming platform opens up or when it exists or when it does anything, it needs its big, big show like like Netflix needed House of Cards or Stranger Things or something like that. Hulu had uh uh eleven twenty three sixty three, I think it was. Well the the Stephen King one. Oh, okay. Um uh they just all different platforms have their own specific thing. Uh, what's it? Um, and this is just showing what like what they could do with independent documentaries and such. Right, but not not as a big release, not as a crowd something to draw people in. This is one of those smaller projects that is nice, that is something you could watch and something you could enjoy, and did way better than they thought they could. Well, not even just that, just something that like when I'm done watching the big thing that i came for mm-hmm. like on netflix after i was done watching stranger things or after i was done watching house of cards what else is on there what else can i watch i don't need the big big show again i i'm brought in so what else do you have and this is like the perfect kind of smaller scale kind of thing it's like oh i'm done with watching whatever youtube red show i watched what can i watch oh there's this nice little documentary about cats that'd be great i'll, I'll throw that on it it's it's something smaller to kind of keep the audience around that didn't take i mean it took a lot of effort but it doesn't take a big set it doesn't take a big like it's a it's not a big budget yeah it, it's not a big budget it's not a big production it's it's just this is a nice documentary it's 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 nice middle of the road kind of content not to say it's bad in any way it's just it's content it is content it is actual content to watch now, and not bad content. Now, do you feel like YouTube Red is worth it as it is? or I mean, this, well, is, this is kind of going off the original thing, but <laughs> a little bit. Because I'm not sure that YouTube Red actually has, like, its unique content yet. You know what I mean? Like, it has content on there. It has, like, um, what is it, Matt Pat's, like, uh, basically version of Mythbusters, but for video games and such, right? Yeah, it's got that. It's got... Um... It's got a few things on there, but it doesn't really have like a whew kind of uh, kind of series, you know? Yeah, it's it's weird, man. Because I think I can't think of one big big show on on YouTube Red that mm-hmm. I could say to a group of people and they'd be like, "Oh, that show." 
Yeah. I can if if you are interested in the game grumps, I could say good game and they'd be like, "Oh, that show." Or if you're interested in uh, Vsauce, I could say Minefield, and you'd be like, oh, I love that thing. If, if you're watching, like, um, if you know specific content creators, there are shows that you can watch from them. But YouTube Red does not have a show yet that I could say you should watch this, and people would say, oh, I've heard of that. Yeah, yeah, I, I can agree with that. The only reason I see YouTube Red as worthwhile is because, you know, I get to support people that I actually enjoy watching. That's that's where I would say is the point I would make to people. If, if I was trying to sell someone on YouTube Red, if I was trying to tell someone why they should get it, well, first off, I'd tell them to just do the free trial because it's free and you can figure out if you like it. And it's but three on months. top of that, well, it's not three months anymore. It is. Yeah. It, they did it again. It's still three months. Oh, all right. Cool. Well, currently at this exact moment in time, September 2017, it is uh, it is now three months worth. And we Red. do not have a sponsorship, so this is just, just talking. Yeah, but I would tell people to try it out. But if, if I had to sell them on it without trying to, without like me actually... Uh, I'm sorry, if I had to sell them on it without them trying it, I would I would not mention the content that they get. I would not mention the shows because honestly, the shows are not what is selling YouTube Red right now. Yeah. Maybe if you're really fair. into a show, maybe if you're really into a creator, sure. Yeah, absolutely. But for the most part, there's nothing I could point out. The thing I would sell people on for YouTube Red is three things: supporting the creators you you want to support. A lot of a lot of people come out and said that YouTube Red is the number one way to kind of support them monetarily. Mm-hmm. When you watch it as a YouTube Red as a YouTube Red member, they are getting more bang for their buck than if you just watched it without it. Mm-hmm. So if you really want to support someone, if you want to see them do well on the platform, YouTube Red is the way to do it. It's kind of like your money where your mouth is kind of deal in what Absolutely. you support. Absolutely. Um, no, number two is no ads. Yeah, no, no ads. ads whatsoever. Period. So you could certainly say to someone like, "Oh, do you not like ads? Perfect. Get YouTube Red. Mm-hmm. You'll never have to watch it." And it kind of incentivizes and, people to not have to focus on ad-supported content, which I see as a good thing. Exactly. And then finally, the final point I would make is that it comes with a lot of cool features for your phone. Oh, it does. I don't even know about this. Talk to me. Okay. So on top of on top of no ads and supporting the people you like, on Android and iPhone, the YouTube app becomes something brand new, basically, when you have YouTube Red. You're allowed to stream content outside of the app. So, like, you can play music through YouTube and go to another app in your phone and have that music still playing. Oh. You can't do that outside of YouTube Red. Or, like, throw on a podcast. Yeah. Boy. <laughs> But yeah, you could you could bring up a, a four hour podcast and just leave it on your phone and turn your phone and turn your screen off or turn or do something else or anything. It becomes a whole another aspect of that. And then on top of that, you're able to download programs to your phone so you can play them offline. Oh, that's nice. I know. I know a big problem at my work is cell phone signal. So on my lunch, I'm trying to figure out how to watch anything. And most of the time, I have to download it manually. But with YouTube Red, I can just do that automatically. I can just download it to my phone, have it there, load up the YouTube app, and whether I have a signal or not, there's a little download tab that I click on, and there you go. It's all there, ready to play. Cool. So I would sell people on those three things. Better, better like mobile functionality, no ads, and you really support the people that you want to support. Sweet. How about you? Okay, I know I talked for a while there. I'm sorry. I mean, honestly, but... I didn't know about those features, so you kind of uh, just told me a few things I didn't know. Um, oh, you're welcome. What, what do you think about YouTube Red? What do you think about the platform itself? I see it as a good thing that needs to get original content. Yeah. <laughs> like, decent original content. I mean, like, they're trying. They are definitely trying, right? But I don't know what they should do. Because, like, you can't you can't focus too much on YouTube Red shows 
Because the whole thing about YouTube is it's, you know, it's your platform, right? It's supposed to be everybody's platform. Everybody's supposed to be able to jump into it kind of deal, right? Yeah. It's not like they can super focus on those. I don't I don't think there's anything inherently wrong with what it is. It still feels like there needs to be something done that I just can't really articulate, you know? Like, it's great for supporting the creators that are on the site, because you can see a lot of people for free already, and you just don't you don't have to watch ads anymore, which is pretty great if you watch a lot of YouTube like I do. Um, yeah, it's basically absolutely. replaced my TV for me, right? Like, I don't, I don't watch TV at all. It pretty much all the shows, all the news shows I watch are on YouTube. All the comedy stuff I watch is on YouTube. All the, all the documentaries I like with Vice is on YouTube, right? Uh, you know, Caddy, you know, whatever. You know, all that stuff is pretty much on YouTube that I watch. So for me, it's a very good value proposition. You know, I get the sport people I like. I don't. They're no longer as beholden to uh, advertisers, which I see as a good thing. Uh, they're more beholden to the people that actually watch their shows. So I see it as a net good thing, but um, I'm not sure what they could do to improve it, to be honest. I mean, I've got a few suggestions. Oh, go, go ahead if you got something. Get a show worth watching. Yeah, that's fair. I, I mean, it sounds mean, but they need a Breaking Bad. They need a house of cards they need a friends they need they need something that people want to watch who are not big into youtube i need to go into work tomorrow and the people i sit with who do not watch youtube regularly who would rather watch television over youtube to have heard of any of these series but is that doable maybe not even watched just just heard of it but you can only do that so much right you can, and believe me, I'm not. I'm not saying an easy thing. I'm not saying. I'm not saying like, oh yeah, just get just get a killer series, just get an incredible series. Yeah, I I know that's that's easier said than done. Well, my thing, right, but, is that is it something that YouTube should even go for though? Because you'd be going after something that's not a part of your base anymore. I mean, sure, your bait people would like it, right? But it's not necessarily something that it, it basically be changing your focus. I, I guess I would say it is. I don't see a way for them to bring in only the YouTube crowd outside of making the benefits of YouTube Red even greater. And and, and I'm, 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 I'm struggling a little bit to kind of figure out what they could do to make it much, much better. So the only thing they really can do is just have better shows? Cause that, kind of. Because I know I was watching one of their shows, right? And it was this animated absolute piece of shit, to be honest. <laughs> And it, yeah, some, some of the stuff they have as YouTube Red shows are uh, not exactly good not content. Great. Yeah, that's the problem, man. I have trouble actually thinking of a series that I would say, like, is all right. Yeah, I mean, the only thing I can think of, right, is um, Pat's thing, you know, and he's basically doing, like, video game Mythbusters. Yeah, a couple of the documentaries are okay. Like, Kenny is great. Um, I think I watched the Lindsay Sterling one. Mm-hmm. That one's pretty good, but a lot of the comedy ones are written like stoner comedies. Stoner comedies are just really badly made comedies today. Yeah. And they're for people I genuinely like. Like they're for people who like I I think are funny. Like I'm waiting to watch The Game Grumps Good Game until once it's finished I will watch it all the way through. But I'm not hearing people like say like, "Oh, it's so good." I'm not hearing anything. Yeah, that's fair. You don't really hear anybody talking about the YouTube Red series or anything like that. Yeah, I I genuinely think if they make good content, if they make content that appeals to appeals to people who like good shows. <laughs> it's a bad way of saying it, but I mean, if they put out something that I can point to and say to people, "Watch this. This is great." I I think that's I think that'll help. You know, I think that's why I like Ketty because it is like one of those things that it's different. Like, I feel like Ketty is the perfect example of what they should have for YouTube Red. Now, now that I'm thinking about it, right? Because it's a low-budget thing, right? It's not something that takes, like, a ton of money to get invested in. I mean, sure, they need the, the equipment and stuff like that. Well, and the time to actually unquote, do it, right? Quote-unquote low-budget. I, I have no idea how much it actually costs. I mean, we're not talking, like, millions here, so. No, no, probably not. Yeah. But, like, it's, it's something that it's interesting concept that is executed well but it 
doesn't need to have huge scope. It just has to be interesting. It just has to be done with care. And that's what it really needs. That's, that's what I feel like YouTube Red needs, is more things like Ketty. Whether it be just documentaries, I mean, that'd be fine if it was just documentaries. They just funded people to actually do this stuff. You know, YouTube becomes the new platform for independent documentaries. I mean, I think, I think that'd be pretty cool. That'd be really cool. I'd be super on board with that. Whether whether that's just finding content that's already on YouTube and just sponsoring it on YouTube Red, I mean, that'd be fine too. I mean, I'm not saying take it off the free portion of the site, right? Just offering it up as something that can be on YouTube Red. Like you have a curated list of shows in YouTube Red. Actual people like sorting through like, hey, this is the good stuff kind of deal. Right, kind of like how they have like the trending stuff on like the regular YouTube page, but they actually have, you know, hey, this is this is YouTube approved content kind of deal. You know what I mean? <laughs> this is the new show that is like the top dog. This is what we're going to feature on the YouTube Red platform. Doesn't have to be YouTube Red exclusive. They just have to find the stuff that's good on the service. You know what I mean? Yeah. It seems like a decent suggestion. It's just they gotta do something. Yeah. <laughs> they gotta do something. Yeah. Well, I think that pretty much sums up what we wanted to go over for today. Yeah, I feel good. I feel good about this. Uh, what? Obviously, we both recommend the, the movie. We both recommend Keddy. Yeah, that's for sure. Even even if you just get a YouTube Red subscription, the free trial, watch it and then cancel. Yeah. That is that is perfectly fine by me. But here's a quick question before we wrap. Okay. Do you think that this is a, a documentary anyone could watch? Do you think this has that broad an appeal? No. I mean, like, even if you don't, like, even if you don't, you don't have to like cats to watch this thing. It's just interesting to see people in general, just like how they are, and you know. Yeah, I think I think anyone who doesn't like cats might not pull as much from it. Yeah, I mean, like, you have to hate cats kind of deal. I think I think it's got a broad enough appeal that honestly I could show this to anyone. Yeah, like and they'll they'll pull something. You can from show it. this to like your grandma, to like your cousin, to like pretty much anybody and like I can't see them I can't see anybody hating this movie, right? Oh yeah, I I showed this to my mom and she actually ranted and raved about it to all her friends. She was like, "Oh my god, like you have to see this. It's great." Mhm. And like my mom is not someone I just show YouTube's to. Like I I show like YouTube series. She adored this. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Um, any So, any other final thoughts on the Ketty stuff? Cats... Are, I feel like we glossed over one one small point. Oh, what did we forget? Cats are freaking adorable, man. <laughs> Cats are so cute. <laughs> like... Right. yep. Not a deep thought, but man... <laughs> Cats are adorable. Uh, yeah, yeah, they are. We, I like cats, too. They're really great. <laughs> I, I have two. <laughs> <laughs> All right, it's a it's a small point, but worth yeah, it. yeah, yeah, it's it's worth making. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks, um, we look, do do a caddy. Um, <laughs> do a God, it sounds like you're recommending drugs. Come on, man, do a caddy. Just one, just one. And just do, um, just do a teenth. Don't hate YouTube Red. I guess. I think that was our message today. <laughs> I. Sure? Question mark? Alright. Well, this was the blank space, folks. Uh, We filled it in with something. Something. Yeah, something. Have a nice one.